皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa, Olympics fans and lovers of Shuklistan, and welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Allison Brown. Allison, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. I'm taking my deep breath before I step on the mat for the finals. This is, this is long. <laughs> It's long, but today is the last day of competition. Yes. It was still pretty full. It, it was full because I still haven't seen everything I wanted to watch. <laughs> I was up until three o'clock in the morning watching last night. So somehow it just keeps going. Right. You know, and, and I had finished watching my morning watching before we taped and I handed the remote to Ben like, here, you can watch something Olympics. And he goes, I'm tired of watching Olympics. Like, Wait, how can you be tired of watching Olympics? I still have a list of stuff to go back to. Yes, my family has agreed. They, my daughter said to me, I, I don't want to watch any more of this.、Mm. I'm like, too bad. You're my daughter. <sighs> But we have one more day in the US, at least, because、uh, the, technically the games are over and the cauldron has been extinguished and the flag has been passed to Paris and we are waiting for the Paralympics to start. But in the US, They showed the live feed of the closing ceremonies with no commentary. And tonight in our primetime, we will have the full primetime regular closing ceremonies that we are used to here in the United States. So today, today's show will be covering the competition, and tomorrow we'll have a closing ceremonies roundup show. So, well, we had at the beginning, you know, day minus two, day minus one. This will be day. <laughs> 17 plus one. There you go. Hey, it'll be like the IOCs where they had the plan, the, the agenda 2020 plus five. <laughs> We're just seeing Olympic. All right. I like it. Okay. From the follow up file, we heard from Book Club Claire, who gave us the lowdown on Norwegian athletics. So the two runners that have won gold for them are definitely not surprises. Karsten Var Varholm, the hurdler, has been winning hurdles for years and has spent the last two years just trying to break the world record. So it's, you know, you feel like at the Olympics that this comes out of nowhere, but it really hasn't. So that's, it's, Always a long journey to these k i n d of things.、Um, and then Jakob Ingebrigtsen is part of a hurdling trio of brothers who are very popular in Norway. They have a YouTube channel. They said on, on、uh, Primetime that they, there's a reality show about them. So I wonder if NBC Primetime thought the YouTube was the same thing, but I don't know. I'm looking into this.、Uh, Jakob is the youngest. He gets more recognition than his brothers, although until he won the 1500. He had never won a major competition like World Championships or Olympics. So they're、It's、usually、like、the Jonas Brothers, where、yeah. the youngest becomes <laughs> the most famous. It is. So if you follow athletics or you're going to start following athletics, you'll find them on the Diamond League Tour. And then、uh, Norway and Canada and Sweden, they've all been developing their athletics programs over the years. So we're really starting to see the results of that. Now you think of these countries as winter Olympic powerhouses, but not anymore. Excellent. So competition has ended a new record of 93 nations or 93 national Olympic committees winning medals. 
The previous high was 87, set in 2008. Three nations won their first Olympic medals, so that was Burkina Faso, San Marino, and Turkmenistan. Three nations won their first gold medals, which were uh, Bermuda, Philippines, and Qatar. So it's been nice to spread the wealth, although if you care about medal counts, because some people do, the U.S. did squeak by China to end up the indisputable leader of the medal tallies uh, on whole... U.S. had 39 golds, 41 silvers, 33 bronzes for a total of 113. People's Republic of China had uh, 38 golds, 32 bronze, 18 silver for a total of 88. And then Japan was third with 27 golds, 14 silvers, and 17 bronzes. That was huge for Japan. They just had such a great Olympics. Definitely got the host boost. Yes, yes. So that was really, really nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Japan won their 58 medals. Uh, their previous high was 37 in Athens. Wow, that's a big jump. Big, big jump. And they had 27 nice. golds. Their previous high gold was also in Athens with 16. So They, they did knew go. what they were doing this year. Mm-hmm. Great. Britain was fourth in the medal count and ROC was fifth. Um, in some other follow-up news, the uh, Modern Pentathlon International Federation gave a black card to Kim Reisner, the coach of German athlete Annika Schloy, for punching her horse in the leg during competition. Uh, the horse was Saint Boy, who gave Schloy a ton of trouble in the equestrian round of Modern Pentathlon. On yesterday's t- show, we talked about the controversy that was brewing over the idea of the horseback riding competition in this event in the first place. So it's time for that to be modernized. Modernize the modern pentathlon. Um, Where has Marnie McBean been? I don't know where Marnie has been. McBean has been. She has gone silent. I hope she's sleeping now. Well, yeah, I do hope she's sleeping because she worked really hard all all Olympics long. Um, Final day of competition final officiating or volunteer job you would like to do what would you like to do today i found a great one for all of my little quirks at rhythmic gymnastics there are two volunteers who come out onto the floor after each competition and collect any fallen crystals or sequins so that the subsequent athletes do not step on them and they put the crystals in a special bag so that they can be returned and re-sewn Mm-hmm. onto the costumes because these are Swarovski crystal. These, these are expensive, expensive and no joke. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, all my little, it needs to be perfect and then taking care of pretty things. This is perfect. How do they get them up? With their fingers. Really? How do they? It I mean... looked like they were picking some up with their fingers. Some they had like a little... I guess you call it a dustpan, but okay. not really a dustpan. I couldn't see it quite as clearly as I like, but yeah, I think they're, they're hand picking these because how, cause it's carpeting that mat is, is carpeted. So there'd be almost no way they're not vacuuming these up. Oh, see, I, 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 I wondered like if there was a special vacuum or something, but it, do they take like that thing where, you know, how they, you get breadcrumbs off the table at a fancy restaurant? Oh, you know what? I didn't see it close up enough okay. to see if they had something okay. that small in their hands. What would be fun is to take the bag of crystals at the end all your bags of crystals together and see if you can make a whole new outfit with those crystals. 
Well, they use a lot of crystals on those outfits. Bulgaria today. Well, we'll get to this. Bulgaria had full on crystals, the entire dress. Holy cow. Um, I watched basketball yesterday and at halftime, you, you know how they, they're always sweeping the floor to sweep sweat up and all that stuff so that uh, players don't slip. Well, at halftime, they had two pairs of people with brooms and they would start on either end and they'd meet up in the middle at half court and then they'd turn around and run back with their push brooms and then they'd turn around. It was like a little relay of sorts almost and it looked like, looked like a lot of fun. The other thing we I would do that together. We could. I mean, it would be a good ta- t- good job. And it was almost like, you know, you run as fast as you can because they were like they were trotting along pretty good to to get the job done. And, you know, you'd meet in the middle and you say, hey, and then you run back to the other side. The other thing I would volunteer to do is, oh, man, I don't know if you've noticed this at certain at different venues. I haven't noticed this be a consistent thing, but I've seen venues where they've had seats taped so that people don't sit too close to each other. So they've taped the the bottom of the seat to the top of the seat. I would volunteer to untape those seats because that is going to be a long job. There's a lot of um, satisfaction in ripping that tape off too. Right, and and getting all of the sticky stuff off, you know. And you could have a giant tape blob. Oh, that would be fun. (laughs) Maybe they'll put that on display at the Tokyo 2020 (laughs) Museum. This is the tape blob from all the venues. You get a new Olympic sport, tape ball. How is our fantasy league doing? So I don't know if these are final standings. We will put that in tomorrow's show as well. But Shola Stan did break the thousand point mark. Wow. At 1063 and 24th in the whole world. Wow. Congratulations. That's all. I hope they give you a prize for that. I know they're giving out prizes for the top people, but I hope that goes down far enough. I mean, top 25 is really impressive. Yeah. Uh, Calibri finished in second for with 460, and Piascola was at 443. Brackets, I also don't know if this is final, but we will check tomorrow. Sholastan won that as well uh, with 400. Olympic fan Dan eked you out here, Jill, at 350. Oh, I mean, at 360, you were at 350. I fell to fifth. Oh, well, good job, everyone. That was That's impressive. Well, I hope we can find something similar for Beijing. I hope Beijing, well, this is nice because the Tokyo Organizing Committee put it together, but I really hope that Beijing 2022 does something as well. All right. It's time for What is Up with Mike and Maya. This is Mike and Maya of the Toyota First Date commercial where Mike asks Maya out. He's in the hospital with a broken leg. She is in the school hallway, but he, he but he can still ask her to the dance because he is on a digital screen robot moving thing that rolls through the hallway. So I am confused about what time of year it is. Oh. Because you've got an Olympic Days dance. So that suggests, since we are playing this during Tokyo, that it is, say, 100 days out from Tokyo, which would put them in May. Okay. But... Has he had a crush on her the whole school year? And going back to contributors, Ben, when is soccer? I thought soccer was a fall sport. Oh, you have a point. So, yeah, if it's if it is spring, 
because it does not make sense to have an Olympic Day stance. The whole skateboarding thing could be happening. Right. So then if it's supposed to be before a Winter Olympics, yes, it could be Southern California, and that's why they're dressed in these summery clothes. But I would think it would be more wintry looking, like they would make it a fake winter dance. So we would see more sort of, you know, fake snowflake hanging kind of things. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That is an excellent point. I had not thought about that. I do wonder now what time of year it is, because it does look like, well, no, because Maya's not wearing, it looks like she's wearing what, a, she's wearing a short skirt? Shorts? She's got a mini skirt and a t-shirt on. Yeah, so. Everybody is definitely dressed for warm weather. But, well, you've got the grunge kids with their flannel shirts that are long sleeved. Who I'm, wear it in August. Have you never done grunge? It's been a long time. But then they Flannel wear no winter coats. Well, What's up with that? Well, it could still be California, which would go with my skateboarding. Okay. Because we know all skateboarders come from California, as we learned in the skateboarding competition, <laughs> that every single one of the finalists has trained in California. Okay. All right. We'll work with that. We'll work with that. We got one more, at least one more day with Mike and Maya. I, I, I don't think I saw this ad at all yesterday, except for when I looked for it myself and I found the... Uh, Spanish version of it, which is the same commercial with uh, voiceovers in Spanish. So that's Miguel and Maya. Miguel sounds a little more confident than Mike does. <laughs> I, I was talking, or I was, I was emailing with uh, listener Rosie. I, I don't understand why he's got a tennis shoe on in the hospital because who in the, I, I, why does a hospital let you wear shoes? Don't they just keep you in those socks? You know, that it's funny that you say that. Maybe he was going to physical therapy, like learning how to use the crutches. Mm. And they would have put him in a shoe. Okay. You know, when you have a broken lower limb, mm -hmm. they don't generally keep you in the sock if you're going to be mobile at all. Okay. Well, I, if you have a broken limb, they don't necessarily generally keep you in the hospital either. Well, yes, that's problematic <laughs> when, from the beginning. When, when the rest of you looks as good as Mike does. So, all right. Any more theories? Get them in because we've got one more day and then we'll see what happens with the Paralympics. We might continue this. We might not. I don't know. Well, it, as the spirit moves us. I'm, I'm sure there'll be another commercial that will <laughs> I know. fill our souls. Oh, oh, can we start talking about <laughs> how, because uh, now I'm getting the migraine commercial. Yes. With the Olympian and the Paralympian, but the Paralympian takes the migraine medicine and the Olympian doesn't. And why is that? And also the diabetes medicine that uh, Lori Hernandez and her father are in the commercial for, but her father does not take the medicine at all, even though he's diabetic. He's managing his diabetes in other ways. But we'll save those. <laughs> Lily, we're coming for you, apparently, during the Paralympics. I don't know if we will or not. We will see. I will. I, I am curious to see how much of the ad rotation shifts for the Paralympics and if, if advertisers have more special stuff in store for us. Okay, before we get to today's action, we want to remind you about our Kickstarter campaign. This is to help cover our costs to travel to the Winter Olympics and Paralympics in Beijing, for which we surprisingly got media accreditations for. And 
Those are less than 200 days away, less than six months. We are so excited for the opportunity to go and bring you a podcast experience that only comes with having on the ground cover uh, presence. But since we are a podcast with a shoestring budget, we need your support to get there. So you can find out more about our campaign and check out our supporter bonuses. We are out of mascots. Our mascots are full up. I'm oh, so excited. Fantastic. I, that's the one I'm so excited about. So excited. We're going to have four mascots during the games. And uh, we can't wait to share pictures and talk about them with you. And uh, But there's still some other great bonuses left. We're sending postcards from the Olympics. You could be a producer and tell us where to go during the show. And much, much more. So check it out. Kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. We are about at 30% of our goal, which is fantastic. The campaign ends uh, when the Paralympics end. So keep uh, if you've donated already. Thank you so much. If you're on the fence, keep thinking about it. Maybe you just don't keep thinking about it. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. And uh, please share this with your friends and family and help us uh, get the support we need to make this project happen. Okay, we finished the Mara novella ended. Oh, 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 ay, yeah, yeah. Or I would say, ay, yeah, yeah. So, a lot of shows in the United States, at least, have this final episode pressure. And the final episode rarely lives up to the hype. This was the most crushing blow of a final episode. Heartbreaking. It, it was, the conditions these guys had to run in. It was awful. It was awful to watch. It was awful to see. The temperature, so it was about 80 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 26, 27 Celsius, but it was 80% humidity at the start. And the commentators on the feed said, Oh, these are about the, it's about the same in Tokyo right now, which was heartbreaking. And then I kept wondering, and I don't know if there's anyone who would be able to, who thought of doing this and going to whatever roads they had been working on in Tokyo, because they had worked on technology to have heat reflecting or heat uh, dispersing roads for the marathon that would make what they ran on much cooler than regular, uh, blacktop so and something we talked about with the uh women's marathon was would there have been more shade in the tokyo route because mm-hmm. more because... more buildings more skyscraper yeah would there have been so i i really do wonder if the route that they had set in tokyo was actually cooler than what they had in sapporo i don't think we'd ever find that out and if the ioc knows i don't think they would ever ever share it someone will look into this some running I journalist. Hope so. I hope so. So uh, 106 runners started. 30 did not finish this race. It was that bad. Favorites were cramping up almost immediately. It, that, it was just so rough to watch and, and so difficult to look at. I don't know how everybody kept going, but they did. And I did wonder at the end, their uh, clear winner, um, Kenya's uh, Eliud Kipchoge, won the gold and then there was a pack of three runners not that far behind him they were netherlands abde nagia and he was waving his friend bashir abdi who was from belgium around the other runner that they were running with and 
you know, if, I, if that was me, I would have said, and, and so Bashir Abdi got third place and the fourth place was uh, Lawrence Toronto, also from Kenya. You know, if that had been me and we had run that far and gotten that, that I would have said, hey, Lawrence, let's hold hands and walk across his line at the same time and force him to give us dual bronzes. You've made it this far. You know, like what happened in the men's high jump. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because that just looked like a killer of a race. And what else the IOC is probably going to tout is that it was a season's best race for the majority of the uh, runners, but they haven't run a, a marathon the whole season. So, of course, it's a season's best for you. I wonder, and we won't know this for several months, you know, once we get to New York in the fall. I don't know when London and Chicago are. Uh, Chicago, will, Chicago will be in October. If, okay. if, they, if they haven't changed the schedule because of COVID, Chicago is usually beginning of October. You know, if a lot of these guys don't run. Mm, good question. Because they're taking such a long time to recover from this race. It just looked brutal. And immediately, almost everybody over the finish line needed medical attention and the medical people were right there with almost everyone with wheelchairs and cooling towels and ice and please don't sit down kind of thing. We have to, to keep you kind of upright or, and mobile and things. It, and that really scared me when you get to that level of exhaustion and heat distress. And these are professionals. So now we are roughly 12 hours from the finish, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I think we would have heard by now if anybody has gone to the hospital or suffered any really significant immediate medical uh, condition. So, so far we haven't heard anything. So I'm going to take that as positive. But yes, this was not, this is not a good decision on so many levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it just, it was a disaster. And I don't know what it would have made. Well, actually, what would have made it better was the expectation that the games had to be in summer. I don't know if having the games in starting the games sometime in August or late August would have been more beneficial weather wise. Not sure how that would have worked or if it was just going to be more of the same that would have pushed the Paralympics back. So who knows what that would have done for a lot of people. Um but it also didn't help. I th I believe that uh, I saw on Twitter from a reputable reputable source who has worked within the IOC for a long time, the the bid book that Japan had said that it would the the weather would be good. So the bid book always says the weather will be good. The, I remember this from Atlanta. Oh, you're right. There was a huge controversy about what the weather they put in the bid book. Does nobody else have access to the Weather Channel and can see? The, the expected temperatures and humidity of these places. I mean, come on. The, that's just irresponsible. Well, and then you then it makes you wonder how many IOC members actually read the bid books that at the time cost millions to produce. I mean, L.A. is going to be no better. Yeah, it'll Paris be not may better. be a little better, but they've had this past summer. They had the hottest summer they've ever experienced. So we're going to be constantly dealing with this until we get to Brisbane because it'll be winter in Brisbane. Right. And then the poor beach volleyball players will have to do what they did in Rio and wear like coats out on the <laughs> beach. 
Um, okay, so that and that began the day, began the last day, on a on a disturbing note. But it did get better. I will say that, competition wise. Uh, let's move on to basketball. Did you watch this? I did not get to this yet. Okay, I I watched most of it. And the U.S. won, beat Japan for the gold, 90 to 75. And you would think that's a pretty handy win. But boy, Japan was scrappy. They hung in there and they were close for a while. They were maybe within six points or so. But the U.S. kind of pulled away at the end. Uh, Japan, excellent with their three-point shots. And boy, could they bounce pass. I, I don't know why that just surprised they just used a lot of bounce passes and i always think i don't think we see it much anymore no which is why you were that's why it struck with it struck you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was it was great they had some amazing passes some amazing three points they were so excited it was their first medal in women's basketball ever so to get the silver they were thrilled about it they had volunteers in the stands to to be able to see that. And that was great because they were all happy they got in to see an event. And it was it was just a great game. Uh, over in boxing, we had uh, the, the last day of boxing competition. So that was uh, four. The last four medals were decided. I also watched this. Just started watching stuff. Um, mostly because I wanted to see the women's lightweight final bout, which was Kelly uh, Kellyanne Harrington from Ireland against Beatrice Ferreira from Brazil. And uh, you, during the bout, you could hear Harrington's coach yell, keep your hands up, keep your hands up. And that was kind of funny, but she won her, her bout. She was just so, I mean, bawling during the victory ceremony. That was just beautiful. And... So happy. Ireland's going crazy, of course, which is fantastic. And, and in boxing, I mean, there's yeah. a long history of, of Irish boxers. Right, right, so right. So that's, that's a good one to get a medal in. Mm-hmm, exactly. And bronzes went to uh, Thailand's Sudapalm Sesendi. And uh, Finland's, Finland got a medal in boxing, Mira Pakkonen. And when they were leaving the medal podium stand, uh, the bronze medalist has started to walk off and, and Kelly was like, no, come on up and be on top of the podium. And they did a big group hug. It was really sweet. After we beat the living daylights out of each know, other, I let's know, hug it out. I know. Did I, you see your swinging seats? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I like that. I like those a lot. Uh, in the Oh, you know what else was great about this? That the beginning, so uh, the boxing is in the sumo arena. And they had the traditional sumo drumming to start off the session. So it's called Taiko Uchiwake. And it was really cool to see. So, you know, go back and watch the first few minutes of the session. If you don't want to watch the boxing, just watch the first few to get a little bit of the Japanese culture that we missed so much in these games. In the men's lightweight, uh, Cuba's Andy Cruz beat uh, USA's Keyshawn Davis. This was a good bout, too. Uh, when when Andy Cruz won, he just did all, went all Michael Jackson in the middle of the ring and started dancing a little bit. He danced on the podium. It was, he was just so excited to win. Keyshawn Davis, he was really cool about winning silver. He's like, I'm still a champion. Uh, this is great. I'm so happy. Bronzes in the men's lightweight went to Harry Garside from Australia and Hovhannes Bakov from Armenia. In the women's middleweight, gold went to Lauren Price from Great Britain. So 
she beat uh, China's Li Tian, uh, who it was a good it was a good fight because the announcers were saying, look, you don't have to throw punches to win the fight. You can control the fight and land your punches strategically. And that's what Lauren Price was doing. And it was really good. And bronzes went to Netherlands' Nuchka Fanchin and ROC's uh, Zenfira Magomedalieva. And I realized you can't spell Magomedalieva without metal. <laughs> I'm just going to shake my head. <laughs> In the men's superweight, which is the last bout on the ticket, it was uh, gold going to Bakodir Yalalov from Uzbekistan. He beat Richard Torres Jr. from the U.S. And bronzes went to Great Britain's Fraser Clark and Kazakhstan's Kamshebek Kunkubiev. And, oh man, I didn't know who was going to win the gold medal. And I don't think they knew because uh, Yalalov was so surprised. He just started bawling. He bawled all through the medal ceremony. It was so, he was so, just so excited. But that was and a good... this giant mountain of a man just I know, sobbing. I know. Um a unanimous decision, but it was a tough fight. And he did uh, give Richard Torres like a standing eight count and did have a little blood out coming out of from around his eye. So I think that helped seal the deal there. Moving over to track cycling. Oh, oh I watched so much of this. I could <laughs> not go to sleep until I saw the end of this. And please, can we start having more track cycling on television or else... We need to figure out what the track cycling circuit is, and maybe that's they've got races online because it's so much fun to watch. So we did today. We had the end of the men's Kieran races. We had the women's sprint races and the women's Omnium, which that is a four race. Yes, four races. We have to put track cycling to the top of our list for Paris because if they have the Omnium again, because that's a hard race to understand. And there's a lot of you get points throughout a race for different sprint victories. And the some of the points you get across all four races determines who the winner is. One of the race, one of the races I like is the elimination because you start off. It's the musical chairs yeah. of cycling. <laughs> because when you do the sprint sections, the last person gets eliminated. I know, it's so fun. And that's so easy to understand, too. Person who's last place, you roll off. Mm hmm. And then in the which was the one there was one of the races. It wasn't the last. It was in the points race, right? No, that was a four four. Was it the Temple Race? The one that had the huge, huge crest? Because I, when I saw your note here, I was like, oh, I have to watch the whole thing. And then nothing happened at the end of the Omnium. There was, uh, like, Egypt. Oh, then it must down. have been the race before, because then I got embargoed at the very end. Oh, okay, because I think so Japan the last, went yeah. down. I think Japan went down, and she got back up and could come in. And then I had questions oh, about no, how the she made, the, Nine riders went out. Oh, yeah, and okay. And we lost Laura Kenny. Yeah, so... One of the races, and I cannot remember which one it was, but it might have been the, the it wasn't the points race. It might have been the tempo race. There was an enormous pileup crash. Even they took out one of the officials in part of this race. And he got taken out on a stretcher. Yes. He was hurt. And that that was just unbelievable, the big, the big pileup. And they still kept racing around this, too. So the worst part of it, it, nine riders were involved, but the worst part to me was at the very end of the crash, 
the Japanese rider comes in and she's trying to avoid people and she ends up riding over the Belgian rider who was on the ground. Yes. You could see. And then, of course, she goes down because you can't ride over a person and not fall down. But you could see the horror on her face as she saw the riders just sliding in front of her and there was nothing she could do. Mm-hmm. There was just no way to avoid it. And that was the way this crash was. It started just, you know, two riders clipped each other as one was going up the ramp. And there were they were riding so closely together. And the riders just started spilling across the whole track. So everybody got involved, except the few in the front that it mm-hmm. happened behind them. Yeah, that was that was Very. intense. And they had to did they stop? I think they stopped the race because they had to repair the track for this. Yes, because and that to me reminded me of short track when they bring the ice out and they fill in all the holes. They have to fill in all the holes because the track is wooden and it just splinters when people crash into it. So now I want to know about the track repair in this wooden velodrome because it looked pristine when we got there. And now it's, it's just kind of messy. Let's go through. Uh, in the men's Kieran, Great Britain's Jason Kenny won gold. And uh, Malaysia's Asul Hasni Awang won silver. And bronze went to Netherlands' Harry Lavraisen. In the women's sprint, Canada's Kelsey Mitchell won gold, which is really good. The announcers were so excited to have uh, Canada uh, becoming a strong, stronger presence in track cycling. Ukraine's uh, Olena Starakova won silver. And uh, Hong Kong's Lee Weisha won the bronze. They couldn't stop talking about her pink shoes. It's... <laughs> they, need, they need something to talk about during those, you know, 80 lap races. <laughs> In the women's omnium, gold went to U.S.'s Jennifer Valente. Silver went to Japan's Kajihari Yumi. And bronze went to Netherlands' Kirsten Wild. And you know what we I noticed early on in the track cycling and we forgot to talk about it, is the man who rings the bell to signal the last lap or a sprint lap, the the lap before the sprint lap, he's got a little Miratoi plushy thing on his uh, right shoulder as he worked the whole games. Right. So I didn't know if that was just sort of like a lapel pin or did he use that to silence the bell after it should be quiet? Like, was that a muffle? I don't know. Don't know. We need bell cam next time. <laughs> that beautiful bell. It was beautiful. Um, in the handball stadium, France, both the men and the women, taken golds. France beat ROC 30-25. to And for the bronze, Norway defeated Sweden 36-19. Rhythmic gymnastics. I, I couldn't. I just couldn't. I might try. I keep thinking, oh, I'll try to go back because it sounds like it was pretty crazy. But I don't know if I can. So there are two programs, one where everybody has a ball, and then the second program, they have both hoops and clubs involved. So that made it a little more interesting. (laughs) I'm sorry, interesting. Okay. Some very interesting musical choices. We had the orchestral mashup of Britney Spears. Ooh. That was kind of interesting. They use a lot more funkier music in, in the team. Okay. There was also music from the Spartacus Ballet, which I didn't even know there was a Spartacus Ballet. Neither did I. But that was the Bulgarians, and their little dresses were, as I said before, jam-packed with red crystals. Your bag cleaning up the mat after that one would have been a disaster. But 
there was a huge upset in this competition. Bulgaria did win the gold. First time Russia slash ROC hasn't won in over 20 years. Wow. And Italy took the bronze. They were thrilled. They were just so excited. Yesterday, you mentioned about inquiries. Mm-hmm. Basically, every score got an inquiry. Really? Yes. Every team was heading over to that inquiries desk. Not a clean competition. Okay. Hoops and balls and clubs were flying. See, that kind of makes me want to watch it, but... I just, when every score is challenged, really, do we not trust the judges or are you just trying to wrangle? Is that just, are you trying to wrangle more points or are you trying to do something psychologically to the next team to make them wait or physically because their bodies, they have to keep their bodies warm for the routine? So yet again, another job for mothers with toddlers. (laughs) Because they just need to tell these coaches to sit down, shut up, take their scores. Asking 15 times is not going to get you another tenth of a point. But surprise, surprise, ROC is crying foul and saying both the, that they were robbed of both gold medals. Interesting. In the individual and the team event. So this is not, this is, you know, we said before that, or rather I said before that Artistic swimming had that ice dancing in the 90s feel. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. It's this. And that is not a good comparison. That is not something you want to be. No. Well, I don't think rhythmic gymnastics is really something you want to be either. But there we are. You know who you want to be? Karch Karai's friend. (laughs) Karch Karai, before the gold medal match between... USA and Brazil in volleyball. NBC talked with Karch Karai and just what was he thinking? And he didn't stay on very long because he was pretty much like their, their, it's their game, but he started tearing up and I can't remember what I said, but, but then Ben goes, why is he crying? And I'm like, that is Karch Karai, my 1984 boyfriend. Don't you do that to me. This meant so much to him. Mm -hmm. It almost felt like this meant more to him as a coach and what he's done with these players than his own victories. I think so. And this is the first gold for U.S. women's volleyball. And that is a huge achievement as well. Brazil played well. I was surprised that it wasn't closer. I'm surprised we didn't go to four or five sets. And you could tell when they were down to their last timeout in the third set and they were, uh, down in points, you could hear the coach just sounded a little defeated. Yeah. And you could start seeing it on the players' faces that they knew they had lost everything. And they still had six, seven points to go, but they still had a little way to play, but it just wasn't their night. So watching Karch on the sidelines reminded me of the dad who's the coach of the elementary school basketball team. Because, you know, he's got that silver fox gray hair and his little half reading glasses and his clipboard (laughs) and the whistle around his neck and and his polo shirt. And I'm thinking it, it felt like he was very paternal with his players and not in a dismissive or or infantilizing way Mm -hmm. that he really loved these girls and wanted them to do well like a proud papa. Nice. 
rounding out the podium for the volleyball tournament, Serbia defeated Korea 3-2-0. In water polo, that was the last tournament on the schedule. It was the end of the men's competition. So for the 7th and 8th place and 5th and 6th place uh, classification matches, Italy uh, beat Montenegro 18-17. Croatia beat U.S. 14-11. And then in uh, Serbia beat Greece, who had been very strong in this tournament. They won 13-10 and for uh, gold and silver. And Hungary defeated Spain 9-5 for the bronze. I mean, Serbia, Greece, Hungary. That is a water polo <laughs> podium. Definitely. We would like to take a quick moment to thank all of our Patreon patrons whose ongoing financial contributions help keep our flame alive. If you are in, interested in supporting us on an ongoing basis, please check out patreon.com slash flame alive pod. We're done with competition. I know, but we're not saying goodbye yet. We've got one more day. Right. We'll go through <laughs> all the beautiful ceremony. Hope it's beautiful. I'm worried because we've been told that the commentators will be Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir and Terry Gannon. Is that who goes oh, with them? And yeah. that's our, in the U.S., that's our figure skating commentators. And uh, they are quite the personalities. So we will see what they do. It'll be interesting to see which of our Shukfustanis will get to go to the closing ceremonies. So we'll, we will be on the lookout for any Shukfustanis on the field. And uh, hopefully it's nice. I'm looking forward to it, and we'll see what we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. Exactly. But you know that when they close, when they turn off the cauldron, they're probably going to close it. Oh yeah, probably. Okay, you can cut this out, but I, I want to tell the story. So when I was a kid, my favorite show was The Magic Garden. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the show, like at the beginning of the show, they would open these windows, and the camera would come through. And at the end of the show, the camera would pull out, and they would close the windows. <gasps> And I would cry. So for a while, my mother banned me from watching the show because she couldn't handle the toddler meltdown. So I think when they close the cauldron, I have no doubt there's going to be some tears. But don't melt down, please. Don't melt down. There might be a little bit of a toddler tantrum happening okay. in my house tonight. Well, I, I can't say no more Olympics for you. I just can't. I need you for this podcast. <laughs> oh, mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, well, as we prep for whatever will happen when they when they extinguish the cauldron, we will say sayonara. As always, you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com. Text or voicemail us. Oh, hey, you know what? We got a text from somebody who's got DirecTV, and they've had no problems with embargoes. Huh. I don't even know what to think about that. And it didn't matter whether they were on, on a computer or on uh, a television set. No problems, DirecTV. Thanks. Thanks, NBC. Uh, but you can, you can text us, too, at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAMEIT. Don't forget our Kickstarter and help us reach the goal of bringing you on-the-ground coverage at Beijing. That's kickstarter.com slash profile slash flamealivepod. So as we go out to music by Mercury Sunset, thank you so much for listening, and until tomorrow, keep the flame alive.